Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And here we go, another edition of What Barry's Talking About from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. On this week's program, Seti Wood and Barry Mayor Alex Nuttall has worked out what he thinks will be a solution to the practice of dropping off prisoners released from the Correctional Center at Penetanguishene in downtown Barrie. Speed cameras are coming to Barrie. And lots of chatter about the dispute between Google and Facebook and the federal government over how you get your news once the two social media giants pulled the plug fully on Canadian news organizations including ours. But first, emotions running high this week after a box full of cats and kittens, ill and emaciated, were left in a box on the doorstep at the Aldergrove Veterinary Clinic on Young Street. Some in need of immediate medical attention, some just in need of someone who cares. Furry Friends Animal Shelter got the call to find foster homes where they could be taken care of while being nursed back to health. Barry 360's MJ gets an update from Nicole Sawyers, the feline coordinator at Furry Friends. What is the condition of the cats currently? A lot of them, probably 75% or so, have um, pretty severe eye issues. Um, one does have to have his eye removed, which is happening on Friday of this week. Um, but they are showing signs of improvement. I mean, some of them have started to eat on their own. They're sort of starting to play and, and move around a little more. Um, on Friday, they were pretty lethargic. So that's um, good news. Uh, we do have some that are in fosters being bottle-fed because moms just couldn't keep up with their milk production to be able to feed them enough. Um, so we're trying to, you know, supplement them by having um, fosters feed them uh, kitten milk replacement. So that's a strain because you have to wake up every two to three hours to do that. Yeah, it's almost like having a newborn child, yeah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And how how many uh, fosters are currently doing this? Like uh, waking so up two fosters bottle feeding four kittens each okay. and then we have another foster who took four of the older kittens who are eating on their own and then a third a fourth foster who took um the three um the three nursing moms with seven kittens and another foster who took the one mom that we think is pregnant <laughs> When I read that this one cat was pregnant um, again, probably, how old is this cat that, that's pregnant? The vet um, estimated the mom's ages to be between one and three years old. Oh, okay. So they're just so babies. So fairly young. I mean, the one-year-old, but, but um, it's hard to tell totally their ages, even with the kittens, because they're so underweight. Some of them may be a bit older than what, you know, the vet estimated, just because they've they're very small. Yeah. And what do you think the origins of, of the cats, where they came from? I thought about that, that, that they're ragdoll kittens, so they're a purebred. Yeah. 
It seems like it was, um, I think, um, what Dr. Cannell said in one of the news stories was that she feels that it was somebody was, um, you know, had these over COVID and were trying to recoup some money, so decided to breed them, and it just got out of hand. Then, you know, the kittens started to get sick with their eyes, and they just couldn't handle it, couldn't afford it, so they took them to the clinic. Wow. Okay. And it, uh, it kind of caught everybody's eye that the image of the, the one little guy peeper with his eye out and then um, the picture of the kitten uh, wet, which is normally not, we, we don't want to get kittens wet, but what was the reasoning behind, you know, giving the kittens a bath at this early in age? Yeah. So, I mean, just because they were so, for lack of a better word, in their own filth. So they just, and, you know, with moms not being able to keep up with all of them, we don't even know which kittens belong to which moms. So, you know, some of the mums were not sh- sort of showing signs of being motherly because they were also um, malnourished and not able to keep their strength up. So it put a toll on the mums as well. So just to sort of try to get them, um, you know, cleaned and not, uh, she was, the little one that was in that picture was quite, uh, is quite little and quite, um, was quite um, dirty. So we just try to get her clean and we have heating pads so she was wrapped in a heating pad um to you know keep her body temperature up and she's doing she's one of the ones being bottle fed so she's she's fighting <laughs> and it's going to cost a a pretty sum of uh to to get them you know from this moment on all the way to to finish till the time they can be adopted it's going to cost a pretty penny we're estimating about fifteen thousand. and if people want to donate um how can they do so do we have a canada helps link and also they can or they can e-transfer so if they do buy canada helps they'll get a tax receipt right away because we are registered um, or they can do an e-transfer and provide us their contact info and we'll send everybody a tax receipt as soon as we can one more thing it is i know people are probably chomping at the bit saying you know that they want a kitten they want to adopt and stuff like that it's a long way away till these till yeah, these it's are gonna ready. be probably at least two or three months depending on how you know, how quickly they get their strengths back. Um, and because, you know, they are purebred, we know it's going to be crazy for people wanting to adopt them, but we're not taking any advanced applications at this point because we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. We don't know, you know, there's still a possibility some may not survive. We're really just concentrating on getting them healthy and their care and getting them to the point where they can, um, you know, be eating on their own and doing what they should be doing as kittens. Since you've been with Furry Friends, is this one of the more extreme cases that you've seen um, of, of this uh, sort of thing? Or Yeah, we've, I mean, we've dealt with a lot of hoarding situations where you get, you know, 20 plus cats, but when it's kittens, it's a lot different because, you know, cats are, even if they come in a little bit, um, under the weather, they, you know, are more resilient. They're able to, to sort of fight back a little bit harder, whereas kittens really, they are, they're at your mercy. They can't, they're hard, it's harder for them to fight. They don't have, their immune systems aren't as built up as cats are, so it does make it harder when it's, when you're dealing with this number of kittens at the same time. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. I know you're busy, so I'll let you get back to it. No problem. As Nicole mentioned, this has become an expensive rescue. We have links to how you can help at Barry360.com.
Barry Mayor Alex Nuttall has not just been talking the talk, he's been walking the walk, rolling up his sleeves, getting the things done that he said he wanted to get done during the election campaign. He's back for his regular monthly chat with R. Ian McLennan, having finally been able to work a deal with the province regarding the prisoner drop-off that happens daily at the downtown bus terminal, which has been adding to the homelessness situation in the city. Last time we talked, a lot of focus was on the couple of bylaws regarding the homelessness and, of course, the city put a put a hold on that and referred it back to city staff. But there were some other initiatives um, in that comprehensive uh, proposal, warming and cooling centers, family reunification, transfer of prisoners at the super jail. And some of it did involve some, you know, obviously community players and the, the province. So let's start with the warming and, and cooling center that was on paper uh, the city has now put that into a, an action plan, so to speak, correct? Yeah, so we've uh, partnered with the County of Simcoe. The County of Simcoe is uh, obviously the lead on all things social services uh, with a funding of the Gilbert Centre to provide a cooling uh, center during the summer here. Uh, there'll be a separate uh, move towards, you know, pr- the provision of a warming center in the wintertime as well. Hopefully uh, we see some good results out of that in terms of individuals accessing it on those extreme days. But also, uh, you know, the referral to uh, other programs to be able to help individuals uh, get out of the uh, the situation that they're in. Yeah, I noted that um, in, in the media release, it was not just a place to cool off, so to speak, but there were resources available or will be offered to the people that do access that uh, to get them hopefully back up on their feet. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've got to look at this in two ways. Number one is the immediate, right? You have a cooling center where an individual is trying to uh, access uh, uh, you know, getting out of the the heat or or out of the sun, and so the provision of that space is important. Uh, it's also equally important to make sure that if there's an opportunity for a long term change, that we have those supports in place, that we have the individuals who are there who can provide uh, referrals or the advice needed in order to help that individual uh, move forward. And it's not going to work 100% of the time. We know that. And I don't think that's the expectation. But uh, for every individual that we help, it's just one more person who uh, can hopefully start down a, a road where uh, there's uh, less living rough and, and uh, more opportunity. And uh, also, let's talk about the um, the Penetang Correctional Center, Super Jail, some people refer to. Um, it was brought up at the last council um, that prisoners were being dropped off at the bus terminal, um, given their ticket and, you know, goodbye and, and good luck. What was happening and why do you believe and why did City Council believe this was important to uh firm up a deal, and you did with the uh, Ministry of Solicitor General. Well, look, I think it's important um, from a number of standpoints. And, you know, as we've been talking about homelessness, there's these, there are these interests that sometimes are competing and sometimes uh, they're symbiotic. Uh, those competing interests uh, that we've seen on some of the motions are, you know, what's right for the city in terms of safety and security and what's right for the individual and trying to merge those into a to a cohesive strategy. And part of the strategy was ending the prisoner release in downtown Barrie. So what's been happening is this. Individuals are released uh, after incarceration. Uh, they're taken in a van, dropped off uh, at the Barry bus terminal. They're given a presto card if they're going south, a ticket if they're going north. Uh, and if they don't get on that bus uh, that they're waiting for, uh, then they immediately become uh, homeless in the city of Barry and uh, need to access the services. But our services aren't built for uh, taking every releasee 
from around the province who's being released from uh, Penetang, Machina, and Midland. They're built for Simcoe County. You know, that's that's how they're uh, put together. And so uh, what was happening essentially is you're being left in a city you don't know with nothing. And uh, the capacities of our social services were no longer able to take on uh, everyone that was coming in. And so uh, what I love about this is, is twofold. Number one is helping individuals actually get closer to that home uh, point or right to the home point. Uh, but also the coordination of services uh, to be able to say, hey, uh, Elizabeth Fry or, or John Howard Society, we're coming back into Barrie. We've got uh, one individual today or we've got three individuals today that we need help uh, providing supports to. And that coordination hasn't been taking place. And so I think that uh, that by itself will have a huge impact on our city, but also uh, allowing those individuals to get back to their supports that aren't from Simcoe County. I think, too, will have a great impact on the city and also on those those individuals as they try to stake out a new lives new so lives for themselves. How do you ensure they get on the bus, though? Maybe just for clarification and what role the shelter providers might have in this. So in terms of, uh, of what we're doing right now, so the city of Barrie is actually going to be the ones who are taking over the, the shuttling program. So we're actually going right to the prison uh, and uh, picking individuals up who've been released. Uh, and then helping them out from there. And obviously, each and every case is different. Sometimes uh, individuals are going to want help. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes or they may choose to, uh, well, they want to stay in Barry, and they may or, choose just stay in Barry. And and you know we can't obviously uh, we can't obviously interfere in that. But what we can do is help them and give them the options to get closer to home, and and make it so it's not every single person just being dropped off on the side of the road in Barry, uh, which I think is. Uh, left us in a bit of a difficult situation downtown. It obviously leaves those individuals in a difficult situation. And so uh, I think this is one of those where it's a, it's a win all around. I guess you really can't get, put a number on the number of releases because that very obviously would vary from data. Is it a weekly thing or how often is the city going to the super jail? It's, it's daily. daily. Uh, so there's releases usually six days a week uh, and up to six individuals per day. Uh, some days it'll be one individual, some days it'll be six. So I don't want to mm-hmm. uh, leave the taste of those numbers or as bad as six individuals every single day. But that's that's kind of the uh, the range we've been given. Family reunification, what is that? So uh, I think it's a, a fancy way of saying helping individuals get back to where their supports are. So if you're an individual who's uh, uh, homeless in the city of Barrie, who uh, doesn't have support structures here, but is looking to maybe make a step into uh, to, to getting housed or employment or whatnot, the city of Barrie will help you get back to those services where, where they're at, uh, where they're from. So that, that would be their home community too? That, it it could be their lives? home community. It could be their family. It could be, uh, you know, a sponsor or, or other types of those things, but they don't, they don't get uh, to access this, this program or service without the proof that those individuals are there and ready for them. This isn't just a, you know, put somebody on a bus and have a good day. It's, it is uh, really the aim and goal is to help those individuals uh, get the supports they need. And if those supports aren't available in the city of Barrie, you know, for a plethora of reasons, let's help those individuals get them where they are available and where that individual has a, a degree of comfort. And that has begun. And again, um, the, shel- the, the shelters were accommodating for this in terms of were they eager to do this? Is that something? That is a piece that we need to push really, really, really hard on uh, to make sure that, that it is part of the province's strategy going forward. I, I would also say, you know, one of the stats or sets of stats that was really intriguing to me with regards to Penetang Machine uh, and the, uh, the Central North Correctional Center uh, was that 30, I think it was 38% of folks who were released uh, are 
arrested again in about 12 months, and 37% uh, become homeless. And the, the fact that those stats are almost identical, uh, I don't think it shows that those are exactly the same people each time, but it does show that there's a there's some somewhat of a correlation between those. And so we really do need to take that moment when they're released to say, hey, how do we get housing in place? How do we get uh, mental health supports uh, and, and employment uh, consultation in place? How do we make sure that that moment of the release is like the first step forward rather than being left helpless again. What Barry's talking about is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry and Simcoe County have to offer and more. We've covered a lot of ground since we began last summer, learned about the Orbit Adventure in Innisfil, a proposed all-inclusive community with a ghost station at its core. Spoke with the author of the Sex, Drugs, and Pots and Pans cookbook about such dishes as roasted red-hot chili peppers and Paradise by the Oven Light Meatloaf. And we got some insight into stiff person syndrome from a Barry woman who is stricken with it. You can get caught up and make it easy to keep up in the future by subscribing to what Barry's talking about through any podcast distributor. Still to come on what Barry's talking about, those speed cameras coming to Barry and how the dispute involving Facebook, Google and the federal government may or may not affect your consumption of news. Now this. It's cool to care. It's a well-known fact blood transfusion saves lives. It's also a well-known fact that the world relies on voluntary unpaid donations to fill the need for blood. The need for blood never ends. Canadian Blood Services in Barrie is calling on you to help save a life. Please consider donating today. Appointments are mandatory and must be booked in advance. Book today at blood.ca through the Give Blood app or by calling one 888 donate Cool to Care is brought to you by the Peggy Hill team. Keeping it real all the way to sold. Reach out now at PeggyHill.com. It's Cool to Care with 107.5 Cool FM. This is what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. 5,600 speeding tickets issued in Barry last year. Police probably could have laid more if there were more officers available, but here comes some help. The city partnering with local authority services through the Association of Municipalities of Ontario to bring speed cameras to the city. Same people who have been putting these to the test in the GTA. Barry 360's Will Conkin gets the details from LAS Director Judy Dizelle. What is coming to Barry? What it is, is a program to help enforce the speed limits in community safety zones or school zones through automation. So it's cameras that track the the motorists in terms of their speed. The point of this is to, you know, extend resources municipally so that they can um, focus on other things, especially the policing resources. It allows them to focus on other other areas in terms of uh, local community priorities for policing. What have been the results of uh, how it has worked out in Toronto and the GTA? So far, it seems to be very successful for them in terms of controlling speed within those community safety zones. So uh, that is why a lot of these other municipalities are looking to participate. But they just don't have the resources that some of the larger municipalities do. So working with Barry will allow us to extend this program not just to the community of Barry, but also to other municipalities in the province 
who just do not have the ability to set up this kind of program, but still see speeding as the number one concern for them in community safety zones. It's a mixture, you said, of like cameras and then also there will be like officers as well? This program is specifically automated, so it's only cameras. Uh, Police obviously will continue to do enforcement locally based on what the local police view as priority. But this program is just automated. It's just cameras. Do you happen to know as well, like where on the road or like, like are they located on like traffic signals, like just kind of any kind of like a speed enforcement camera? It will depend on where the community safety zone is, okay. whether or not it is uh, something that is at an intersection or if it's uh, at, during a throughway road. But it's definitely something that is not part of a street light. Street light, or sorry, a traffic light. Traffic lights are a separate program. Do you happen to know as well, like how the, I guess, the areas are chosen, as like you said, with the community safety zones, and do they get moved around at all? That is the choice of the city. Uh, if they want to keep cameras in one place, that they can do that. If they want to move them around, they can also do that. That's a completely their discretion. How long is this uh, pilot project running through Barry? We are going to test it for a few months probably through to the end of this year. And then we're looking to hopefully, once it's successfully tested, uh, roll it out, as I said, province-wide so that municipalities across the province can uh, take advantage of being able to enforce speeding within their communities. Why was uh, Barry chosen for it? Barry has been a leader on this. They've really wanted to move forward in terms of automated speeding enforcement for their community safety zones. And they and we had conversations with them about uh, the fact that, you know, we have other municipalities very interested in doing this. And they agreed to be the leader in terms of taking a look at a pilot, figuring out how to make this work so that we could run this across the province. So they self-identified. For Barry, this is really about uh, extending your policing resources to enforce speeding, as I said, in community safety zones and school zones. I know we're in the middle of summer right now, but back to school is quickly approaching. And this is really about not only keeping uh, pedestrians safe in those areas, but also motorists. So this is about improving public safety. Still a lot of work to be done before this happens. Watch for signs posted saying the speed cameras are coming to specific neighborhoods. Well, it's happened, apparently. Facebook has started pulling down Canadian media en masse. Uh, we got some notices uh, on the Barry 360 page that, uh, yes, they're still sharing, but it can't be seen in Canada. But then some people were still commenting, so we're not gone altogether yet from Facebook. Brought in Logan Miller, who's in charge of all things digital here at Barry 360 and Rock 95 and Cool FM, just to explain what's going on with this bill, what impacts it's going to have and how it's going to affect uh, how we deliver news to you and how you can still access our news. So let's go back to the beginning. What is this all about? Let's explain that for the uninitiated. So Canada and Facebook and Google are in, are in a bit of a fight. The Canadian government has released or has put into action a bill uh, that uh, is being called online news bill or online news law or whatever mm-hmm. it's called, or whatever you want to call it. It affects online news and the way that people in Canada will be able to consume news. So essentially, Canada has said Meta and Google uh, need to pay a tax to have Canadian news on their platforms. Google and Facebook said, we don't want to pay that tax, so we're just going to remove news altogether for Canadians. Uh, not just Canadian news, but also American news or international news. Canadians will, will no longer be able to see news on Facebook or on, on Google. Uh, the law goes into effect at the end of this year. 
January 2024 is officially when it starts. Um, but Facebook and Google have both decided that they're going to pull that trigger uh, before then. All right. So how does this impact all of us who, who provide the news and those who are trying to read the news? We're not going anywhere. Barry 360 is yeah. not going anywhere. None of the other media are going anywhere. We still have our websites, and that's kind of where people are going to have to shift their focus, mm -hmm. I guess. So like you said, first and foremost, we want everyone to know that we're not going anywhere. We're still going to be delivering the same great news that we have, uh, the news that's important to you listening, local, provincial, uh, national, and our, the international stuff that we talk about as well. Uh, it's all still going to be there at Barry360.com. Just the way that you'll be able to access it is going to change a little bit. You know, you won't be scrolling through Facebook and be able to find us, uh, which is too bad. But head over to Barry360.com. You'll still be able to see all of our stories. We have two podcasts, including this one, mm -hmm. <laughs> that you can Thank listen you. to uh, what Barry's talking about. <laughs> uh, so we have our, our, our daily Kickstart podcast. It's a quick daily podcast uh, that brings the daily headlines to, to you in, in about two minutes. Uh, so that's daily. Uh, and we have our weekly What Barry's Talking About, this podcast, uh, which, you know, since you're listening, you already know about it. But uh, it brings local stories to you that you may not get on the radio or somewhere else. And we also have our daily newsletter that you can subscribe to at Barry360.com. And so it's just a matter of, like you said, shifting the way you go about mm -hmm. finding it. Kind of like the old days when we had newspapers delivered to the door. And uh, that's where we got our daily news, apart from listening to the radio in the morning, because when I started uh, looking at the paper, it was afternoon delivery, not morning delivery, <laughs> but we won't get into all that. I wouldn't know, Dan. Uh, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> Again, it's just, people have relied on Facebook and Google mm -hmm. to get there. Now, it's it, it's a simple matter of type in Barry 360, and, and it's all there for you. Yes, Correct. Um, so we just really want to want everyone to know that you can still come to Barry360.com to get your news. And if anybody has any questions, can they contact you to, to get a clearer picture? Absolutely. Contact us at the, uh, at the studio, at the newsroom. Uh, we, we'd be happy to answer any questions. Newsroom at Barry360.com. Mm -hmm. Facebook is slowly ro rolling this out. So as of today, uh, only about 5% of Canadians are, are not able to see news. Uh, but as the weeks go on... Uh, they're going to be rolling out to every account. And there's still some thought that uh, Facebook, Google, Meta, uh, and the government are going to reach some kind of an agreement. They did in Australia, but there were some other different factors going on there. I'm not sure it would take on the same uh, same scope as it would here. But uh, the, the common thinking is it's going to take both Facebook and Google withdrawing altogether before anything happens. Yeah, there likely will be a resolution because it's not – Having news not appear on Google or Facebook is not good for Canadians. It's not good for the users of those platforms. And not good for those platforms either. Exactly. I and I think they know that, but they have to They have to have this fight. They have to fight it out. It's going to take some time, but I'm sure that there will be some kind of resolution. It probably won't ever go back to the way it was, where it's just a free-for-all, but I can't imagine that they they don't come to an agreement. Bottom line is our website is still there, barry360.com. Mm -hmm. The newsletter, as you mentioned, our two podcasts, this one, what mm -hmm. Barry's talking about, and the daily kickstart. And we're working on some other things too. So yeah, stay and, tuned. And we're more active now on Twitter, more active on TikTok. Uh, yes, we joined TikTok. We joined the trend. We're still delivering the news. We're just finding different ways to do it. All right. Thanks for stopping by, Logan. Appreciate it. Thanks. And that's our program for this week. Thanks to Ian, MJ, and Will for their input, to Matt Ladder for his technical expertise, and to you for listening. 
If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to what Barry's talking about, rate it, review it. You can also keep up with what Barry's talking about on Twitter at Barry360, on our website, Barry360.com, and on our daily Kickstart podcast available from any streaming service and on our website. I'm Dan Blakely. Hope you'll join us again next week.